been speaking on your game for years. One of the happier days for me was when you got on social media because everyone that I speak to was like, man, Michael Red, Michael Red, where is he now? Where's Michael Red, man? And I knew some of, I had read some of what you've been doing. Um, it's amazing what you've been doing, but your transition from basketball to business has been graceful. Um, you've killed it. Uh, we're going to get into your career a bit, but can you just give us an update on what's been going on with Michael Redman? You look good. You look healthy. You look young still, man. And, and it's an honor to have you on, bro. Well, I'm a fan of yours and and uh, your passion for the game, man, is, is, is really special. And I appreciate uh, your analysis, all of that, man. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, it was not a, 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 an intentional, purposeful thing for me to change my brand. It was more about me just growing into a new person, maturing. Um, there's an evolution um, that transpired with me. And so like the transition from the game had nothing to do with me trying to prove uh, uh, being something in a new space or a perception or whatever. It was more about me just growing into what I'm doing now. So it happened. So what I'm doing now and investing and, and all of that came as a secondary consequence of me having a metamorphosis in my life. And um, <clears throat> it just kind of got a hold of me, man. So transition from the game and became really intrigued with entrepreneurs and nice. young professionals. And my career was entrepreneurial, leaving school early to go pursue my dream. And there was a connection, a magnetic connection with me and, and startups. And um, so I got connected to some really incredible people around the world in the world of investing and uh, learning a lot still, uh, although I've been in it for almost 10 years. And um, I love working with startups. I love working with, with people. Um, I love seeing their dreams come true. And uh, that was the, uh, the core value that I had in, in what I'm doing now. That's awesome, bro. Um, you know, we speak on the game. You know, we go pretty deep. You know, we speak on the intricacies of the game. A lot of times now, that's not discussed enough, man. I'm sitting right here with one of the coldest scorers of his time. You know, and a guy that was and, and, and look, I'm not going to I'll tell you off air who said this, but there's a really good player in the NBA. One of the top dogs that told me, listen, man, speaking everything aside, this is one of the coldest hoopers I've ever been on the court with when I was a young player coming in, um, you know, a three level scorer, a sniper, a guy that, you know, had the ability to move without the ball, shoot the balls. I mean, you know, go off for, for the big difference between a shooter and a scorer. You were a pure scorer, man. Um, and you had a run where you entered your prime with the Bucks, and, and we saw like five, six years of like a really, really lethal level player. How did you get to this level? Talk to me about your journey coming out of college. You left early, came into the league, man. You went in a good situation where you could kind of take over pretty early. Um, talk to me about that, man. No, I appreciate you, brother, saying that. Um, I, I, to this day, man, I'm just hungry. Hungry, hungry, hungry for more. Hungry to be stretched. And, and in college, my game was attack the rim, slash, you know, back then the crossover, AI crossover was was prevalent. And, and so we all did that. And and one mixtape and all that was was becoming more prevalent. And so my game had a, had a mix of all of that. And uh, obviously being a disciple of Jordan era, you know, we mimicked his, his game. So my game in college was to slash dunk. Um, most fans would be like, dunk, slash, that's not your, you know, but that's what I did in college. And then I got to the NBA yeah. and learned in training camp my rookie year that the NBA is much different than than college. as far that's as the Yeah, totally. Totally different game. Yeah. Um, big guys, athletic guys, 
Uh, in my era, it was trying to dunk over Shaq, trying to dunk over Pat Ewing, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, these trees. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the athletic ability to do so. So I had to become more cerebral um, on how to find ways to score. And one of the ways I had to get better was at my shooting. Yeah. So being drafted to Milwaukee Bucks at the time when you had Sam Cassell, Ray Allen, Glenn Robinson, Lindsey Hunter, Tim Thomas, they were all shooters. And yeah. my game had to adapt um, as a second-round pick in order for me to stick in the NBA. And so uh, George Carl, who was my coach at the time, he said, how can you be a shooting guard you can't shoot? <laughs> and so uh, I never forget that. And so uh, I worked out with Ray constantly after practices. Ray was huge in the development of my career. Uh, Lindsey Hunter, uh, Sam Cassell, and Big Dog would all shoot with me after practice. I just continued to hone in and hone in. Terry Stotts, uh, who coached with the Portland Trail Blazers and all the other teams in the NBA, really worked on my game. Ron Adams, who was assistant coach at Golden State, yeah, yeah. Uh, worked on my game. So I just really wanted to become a better shooter, but the scoring was innate. That was what I did. So you you were on like that team was ahead of its time if you think about it right with Big Dog with Ray yeah. with Sam Cassell right like they can walk into today's game, um, you know again you you came into a really you know pretty physical league you came into a, a game that was we were kind of you were, we were kind of watching an inside out game you know um, there was guys like AI and Kobe who were making that shift you know Jordan was obviously the blueprint for that you know the game was going towards yeah. the perimeter. Um, when Ray, you know, kind of went towards Seattle's when you really took off, right? And you kind of stepped right in and it took over, you know, and, and talk to me about like, so you came in, you weren't the shooter that you, we saw you become that went to that all-star level, you know? Um, I just remember your unique release, high release right over the head, man. Impossible to block pretty much, left-handed. Uh, you know, we see how left-handed players today, James Harden has made a Hall of Fame career, you know, with that. Um, I always remember guys being at a little bit of a disadvantage guarding you just because of that. And because you could kind of put the ball on the floor, hit, hit us with a little bit of a one rule pull up, get to the rim at times as well when there was an opening. Talk to me about the the coming into your own as a shooter in the league and how it changed your game. Because you went from you were one of the more improved players in that in that little moment there when you transitioned to the go to guy, putting up 25 a game and 26 a game at one point, man. Man, you said a mouthful. Um so when you're playing against great players every day in practice, you're going to get better. And I always prided myself in, in being around the best players. And so Ray was, was instrumental, obviously. Um, and then um, the confidence grow, grew once the franchise was handed to me. And um, once that happened, my, my confidence just went up. And so, um, but my shooting, one of my coaches here in Columbus, um, he teased me a lot. And uh, in the offseason, I would work on my weaknesses more than my strengths. Now, I was sharp on my strengths in the offseason, but mm-hmm. it was more about working on my weaknesses yeah. and nuances to the game and studying game film and staying in the gym and working on different nuances and different moves. Uh, and so uh, my coach here in Columbus, Keith Neal, used to say, I'm a man of a thousand moves. And I would say I'm a man of a thousand and one moves. And so always thinking ahead and, and countering counters. Mm-hmm. And back then, the defenses were – more sophisticated. It was more physical. Used to see shooting guards post up all the time. Yeah. Or guards post up all the time. Yeah. And so my whole thing was to master the free throw line and below. Um, although people knew me as a three-point shooter, I wanted to master that that free throw line below and really put pressure on the opposite two guard yeah. uh, every single night. I remember you played – see, the, the – <laughs> 
I don't want to disrespect these guys, but the game now it has become very easy in terms of scoring the ball. Yeah. The game now has spaced itself out. I always laugh. I'm like, can you imagine what the Vinces and the T-Max and the Reds would do? And I'm like, you came in a golden age of wings where you had to be very, very polished, but also, you know, just like a dog to score the ball. Um, like you said, you had to be diverse. You had to go back to the basket on the low block. You had to, it wasn't just pick and roll and switch all game, right? You, you got to play and shine at your best in an era with Kobe, with T-Mac, with Vince, uh, younger LeBron coming in, you know, um, Carmelo, uh, D Wade. And just talk to me about that time period in the league, how competitive it was. I remember that 05, 06 year of scoring, man, you guys were just Ray and Pierce and man, it was just an incredible time for the game, man. That's when you were at your best. What a moment. Yeah, it was it was it was an incredible time. And and I, I love this era for what it is. Yeah. You know, you, you can frustrate yourself with trying to compare eras. Mm -hmm. um, you can't compare them because people ask me all the time, what would you do in this era? I don't know. Uh, I did what I did in my era. Uh, I appreciate the guys now. I honor them and what they're able to do. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can go and say, well, the scoring records could be skewed because the physicality is different. Mm -hmm. um, that's one argument. But at the same time, these guys are doing what they are able to do with the rule changes in this era. They're maxing um, it out. Yeah. In our era, it was it was much more physical. Um, um, it was uh, – you had bigs. You had power forwards and centers, like real power forwards and real centers who their job was to hit you. <laughs> and so um, it was an interesting time. But every night, to your point, there was an incredible wing – that you had to to guard and and my best defense was actually my offense because the first five minutes of the game I was putting pressure on you to put you in foul trouble yeah. get you out the game mm -hmm. and uh and so we all <laughs> I remember in that time frame coaches knew that the wings were really strong and obviously we had great point guards but the wings so the first five minutes of of games coaches would purposely go at the opposite wing to get them yeah. out the game I remember that yeah so, you know, whether we're playing Detroit, Rip Hamilton, the first 10 plays are for Rip Hamilton to get me fatigued, to get me tired because they knew I was the main scorer. Kobe. Running around. <laughs> you know, I would hear Phil say, Kobe, you know, the first five plays. And, uh, you know, and he was a handful, and I love him and I miss him. Um, yeah. And he had a big impact on my game. Um, I, I'll tell you a quick, quick Kobe story. We, during the Olympic run, we were on the Olympic team together for three years, and we used to train together, uh, just me and him, in the gym with our trainers and and compete and it was it was an incredible time for me and then he was so curious he would ask me about my shooting ability and i'm like oh, well you're kobe bryant do you really need advice on anything for me and he was said no he's like how do you shoot so well like you know how do you i'm yeah. like how do you jump so well and how do you do this so well and, and so we would work on defensive drills and and and, and practice and and it would be me and him in the gym and we did dinner together and i can go on and on and on with our, our time together but he really really helped my game tremendously from a slow down and see the game from a slower standpoint. And the game became much, much more easier playing against that guy every day in practice. So uh, I can go on and on and on, man, but the game back then was an incredible time. And uh, it was, it was more about being efficient. It was more about the uh, weight room in a different way. Right. Weight room getting stronger. Getting, you know, it was at times the thing was like, let's put on some muscle. I got to bulk up a little bit, right? Was. It was. It was. For one, to take the pounding. Yeah. So back then, as you know, man, like there was no load management. 
Mm -hmm. right? So we love to play. We wanted to play every night, right? So we trained in the offseason to play every game. Right. We trained to play 82 games in addition to playoffs, in addition to Olympic runs and all that stuff. So no one wanted to take nights off in that era. Um, And we wanted to play. So the physicality of getting hit by Shaq, Ben Wallace, Rasheed, KG, night after night after night after night. And then also the two guards were physical and the wings were physical. Yeah. So your body had to be bulked up to a degree to endure. And then we were playing 38, 39 minutes a game. Yeah. So that's crazy. Different time. I remember, I remember just going to games, man. I, I would see men. Like I look at the league now, it's young, it's kids. It was just like, you had like an adult league at that time, you know, a grown yeah. men at one point, you know, 29, 30 years old in your prime. Um, you spoke on Kobe. You had this incredible – I was watching it the other night. 45 on the Lakers, you know, at Staples. Um, you and Kobe are going shot for shot. And I was – so I never, I never, you know, resume and stats are one thing. It's another to see what a guy was when he was on his best nights at his peak, you know. And that I show my boys. I'm like, yo, that was Michael Red. For You know, like if you look at the course of his career, you may see, okay, he put up 19-20 for his career. You know, that's nice. I was like, that was the real Michael Red. Talk to me about, you know, those nights where you had the 52, I believe, you know, there's game winners and you are doing like, we're seeing this, you know, what this is going like the forties and fifties we see right now, you yeah. know what that feels like. And you know what that feels like, even when it was a little bit harder with zone defenses with a pack paint, all these types of different coverages. Talk to me about those nights, man, because that I think is to say that I had 40 point games, 50 point games in the NBA on these players. I think that's the peak of, of your sport and what you put into this, man. It was really incredible because, um, and I love what I'm watching with the Bucks now. And I kind of like, man, I wish I was on this team <laughs> today. And I love my teammates who I play with, but the, the talent that they have now is incredible. And, and I was getting double teamed every night. So being double teamed, uh, triple teamed, um, my body took a pounding for right. it. And so, uh, it was really an interesting time. And, and you mentioned Kobe, like it, it, we had such a mutual, it was my best game ever, actually. Yeah. And I've had more high, high scoring nights, a few 50 point games, 40 point games. You were um, missing that night. No, it was, it was, it was, well, it, it was sink or swim with him, right? Um, and you had T Mac, we had wars, battles, Vince Carter, wars, battles, D Wade. Um, Kobe was uh, it was sink or swim. Like you, you either brought it, or you or you gonna get crushed. And was so, he the best player you put, played against? So the hardest player I had to play against, um, yes. But the hardest I had to, the hardest person people had to guard. I'll, I'll list them in order. Allen Houston was number four. Allen Houston was incredible, and he's my mentor, big brother. I love him. Um, was just difficult to guard. He can right. post you, he can shoot over you. He, can, he was terrific. Third, LeBron. And his peak LeBron, like as far as physical peak LeBron, like the generation is seeing a more refined LeBron. But when he was younger, Monster. <laughs> it was, a, it was a different, different, different animal, man. That guy was so special. Man. I love him. I just saw him at the All-Star game. Um, and then I, Kobe is number two. Okay. Kobe, for me to go, like Kobe and I had games where we had 30 on each other, whatever. And it was like, he was, he was a nightmare to guard. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, AI, man. 
And That's I my favorite player of all time. Yeah, I heard you say that. I've heard you say that AI, and I wish I could see him. Me and AI are, are closer to what people think. And we used to talk before games all the time. I love him. I wish I could have seen him at the All-Star game. So one, after one year, we played Philly four times. I think it was Mo Williams tapped me and said, Mike, you played really well against Philly in the four-game series. You averaged 36, 37 points a game. I was like, word, it's killing. He said, the problem is AI averaged 48. <laughs> I said, oh, my God. <laughs> he was so hard to guard. The speed, the athleticism, the toughness. Man. He could shoot better than what people probably remember. I remember um, he had – I want to stop you. Remember the night he came there in the blue jersey to Milwaukee? I think he had 55 – or it was just nasty, bro. Just swish, swish, swish. All I heard was the net. <laughs> oh, oh, he was so good, and you, you, you almost couldn't do nothing with him. My again, my offense was my defense, so I had to post him and yeah. try to get me at the game whenever he guarded me. But Kobe was here, yeah. So if you didn't bring it mentally, um, you were finished. He was going to challenge you defensively. Obviously, he's going to play hard. You know, it's interesting with Kobe. Kobe's going to play defensively hard and play you offensively hard. And, and, and he was just, he was, he was incredible, man. And we never talked trash to each other. We had a mutual respect for each other. Um, and I love the guy because he made, he made me play out of my mind when I played against him. Kobe was a, was a, was a master of his craft. You know, Kobe, much like Michael was a master of his craft. You had some of that too, where you had this classy game, you know, you, you kind of figured out how to simplify your game as the years went on. I felt like in your prime, um, you know, you had an all-star run. You had years where you could have been an all-star, you know, numerous times. Talk to me about the Olympics, man, because that – it has to be one of your peaks as a as – a, just as a human. I mean, like, in that time period, man, what a, what a time that was, man. 08, Beijing, right? So I was a second-round pick. So <laughs> to be a, a late second-round pick to now being one of the elite players in the world, some considered the best shooter at one point in the world – to me, you still have to pinch me. It was it was a dream, man. It was like, wow. I remember the All-Star game. I was at the All-Star game in 2003 in Atlanta. I was way in the nosebleeds. It was Mike's Mike Jordan's last uh, All-Star game. And I remember telling my, my friend at the time, I'm going to be in that game one day. The very next year, I was in the game. Yeah. And then it just – things kept going my way, and I got the call from Jerry Colangelo to be on the Olympic team. I'm like, how did I get here? Like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And – to be with D-Wade, LeBron, Kobe, Tayshaun Prince, Carlos Boozer, Chris Bosh, Dwight Howard, Darren Williams, Chris Paul, Jay Kidd, Kobe. Um, Mello. Mello. Oh, my God, Mello. And, and, and they were younger. They were 23 at the time. They were young guys. And me and Kobe and Jay Kidd were the elder statesmen, yeah. and, um, which is why we were so close. And, uh, but it was interesting to be on that team, man. It was an incredible team, uh, the redeemed team. And uh, to, to make it to the Olympics was one thing, but to actually win a gold medal was another thing. And I'm seeing D-Wade crying. I'm crying on the gold medal stand. Kobe and I are hugging. LeBron and I are hugging. And I'm like, I'm with the greatest players in the world. Coach K coached yeah. us. Um, just the highlight of my, my basketball career by far. And the practices, oh, oh man, just – Talk to me about those, man. Tell me a little bit about the intensity there, the competitiveness there. Basketball was different that time. You couldn't, you didn't have 50,000 cameras on you at all times. So there was a lot of things that probably happened that we don't know of, right? No, I, I recently saw Kevin Durant. Um, I saw him a few months ago in, in Milwaukee and they played the Bucks. And uh, he was the young guy. And I took my son uh, to the games 
And he was like, man, Katie and Steph and all them guys, like, they hugged you and they were like, I was like, they were young when I was coming in. They were the young guys. They loved your game. And, yeah, and I, I, man, I appreciate them. And 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 so uh, KD was on a select team back then in, in, in 08 and uh, could have easily made the, the team. But um, those wars, man, it was, it was incredible because it wasn't about money, although we were well compensated and whatnot for that time. It was about who can dominate, who's an alpha, who can, and we, but all of that came together to become a cohesive team too. And um, it was interesting because you had half the team that was young, really young. And then you had the other side that was a little bit older with J kid, Tayshawn, myself and Kobe and Carlos Boozer. So it was, it was, it was, it was an interesting mix, man, but the practices were intense. Um, remember we had just lost in 04. Yeah. Uh, and in Greece, no, it was in, um, yeah, it was, it was Athens. It was Athens, Athens Greece. Greece. Yeah, yeah. Athens, Greece. Yeah. And, um, so there was a, a fire and intensity and it was a three year process. Yeah. So we were together for three years, yeah. 06, 07 and 08. So we had time to like gel and Jerry Colangelo and coach K were very strategic about that. And, um, our, by the time we hit the gold medal game and the Olympics, our cohesion and chemistry was there. Man. And, you know, you got to basically witness, like you're saying, these young guys coming in that you see at the top of the league now. Um, yep. You know, I've spoke to these guys over the years. They they loved your game. They love when I speak on your game because of like, he doesn't get his due because when we watched him, it was a special, special time, you know. And talk to me about what you see in today's game. Let's transition to that because you're looking at those young guys coming in. Kevin Durant had 53 the other day, you know, like – you're seeing guys like Steph, guys like that, you know, basically be an extension of what you guys were in a different time. What's what's going through Michael Red's head as an expert of the game, as a true pro that, you know, mastered the game, watching today's game, seeing these guys come in their own, seeing them become Hall of Famers? I think the old, I think the generation now, the older guys in particular, had the benefit of being underneath us. And we had the benefit of being underneath the generation before us and it trickled down it trickles down you look at Kyrie you look at how Kobe had an influence on his career mm-hmm. right a lot of guys Kobe had a lot of influence on a lot of guys career KD was underneath us yeah. and had to understand so like LeBron you know all these guys that are older now and particularly were our young guys and to see them continue to flourish and and, and do what they're doing is amazing I love watching the games I'm still a big fan um, of, of, of our game um, whenever I go to Milwaukee and see the guys and see the opponent, uh, I hug them and, and I honor them and I tell them I appreciate what they're doing every night because I know how hard it is. Um, and uh, it's, the game is different. Um, again, Carl Malone's, Charles Oakley's, gone. Uh, Ben Wallace's, more. Uh, the Buck Williams, the Bruisers, man, that, you know, they're not there as much. The game is so open now. Yeah. Obviously, the European influence over the last – 15, 20 years has influenced our game in, in such a way. Um, the pace is different. I think I heard something where the Phoenix Suns of 05, 6, 7, their pace would be like 18th or 19th now. Easy. <laughs> you know, so the playoffs for me are refreshing because the game slows down. What do you that. do when the, when the paint is packed, when you have the illegal old illegal defense now in play? Um, it, that's where guys really get know, tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was nightly for us when we played 
It ought to I said it. I said it. Your guys' regular season is these guys' playoff now. And Great point. You know, because like – and this is Great dangerous. Point. I've been in an episode the other day. You guys knew what the playoffs was going to be like. You kind of felt it. Like you had previews of it where games were big. Oh, this is a playoff game type of game right here. These guys right now are basically playing in like an AAU-style program, and then all of a sudden they're getting stunned with that playoff pressure. That's I, I think that's – that's an issue because now they don't have that time to really prep for that. And next thing you know, two games go by, you lose two games, you know, it's harder to score percentages drop. You gotta be, cause you guys used to have dirty nights where you just had to be ruthless, bad percentage and just grind through it. Right. Um, isn't that kind of like a disadvantage these guys are at? Cause the game is going to always slow down in the playoffs. I think the fans sometimes can be set up for failure. Cause when you see the regular season to your point, it's a showcase. Yeah of incredible skill, free, free flowing. And then when the playoffs comes, like, where was that at? You know, right. where's that, where's that, that dynamic play, you know, and, and certain guys rise to that. Right. And even in this generation, they rise to it. We've seen it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it can't be so where when you get to the playoffs, you're shell shocked. Like, Oh, where's this level of play been at? I've almost yeah. been set up for failure in a sense. Yeah. Calls change in the playoffs because more, much more physical, you know, so I'm glad the rule changes happened earlier this year where you couldn't get away with certain offensive moves that. or what have you. Yeah. Um, and they've kind of – they're seeping in a little bit of physicality that was in the 90s, 80s. and, and obviously I think those rules are going to kick back in this playoff. We're really going to see the impact of those rules in these slower half-court games now. Yep, yep, yep. And then, I, you know, you, you guys are from a time where, you know – like you said, Detroit Pistons, San Antonio Spurs. I'm excited to see how these guys get tested. Some of these new guys that we're seeing in the regular season, what are you going to do when there's an entire defensive scheme on you, right? Um, one last, you know, little question. You got to witness the Bucks championship run. You were kind of a part of it. They let you be a part of it as a fan, as a, yep. as a vet and an alumni of the team. How special was that? You know, Chris Middleton is there. He's another guy that, you know, Number 22 as well, you know, yeah. like it's there's a little bit of resemblance there, you know. Talk to me about that run. So Chris was like Chris just got traded to the Bucks. I think it was his first year or second year. He's in the training room. It was my retirement night. So it was, they were honoring me during my retirement night in Milwaukee. I had yeah. just retired when they came in. Giannis and Chris came in. Wow. Chris, Chris is yeah, like I look, we literally missed each other like by a year. Yeah. And uh <laughs> so Chris is laying on the on the training table, you know, young player. And I'm, I'm joking with him. I say, you know who wore that jersey, right? And he said, yes, sir. I was like, you got to represent, man. And he, and he said, I will. And he was honored to wear it. And, and to this day, you know, me and Chris, when I see Chris, we hug each other. I'm so proud of him. So proud of Giannis. You know, it was an emotional time for me last summer when they won the championship because I was there for 11 years. Yeah. And at that time, as you know, man, you'd rather die with the ship going down rather than joining – yeah. Another guy, you Absolutely. know, and it was a different mentality, right? Like Reggie Miller, Carl Malone, Stockton, those guys don't get the due probably that they deserve, but they went down with the ship. And to me, that was more important than, than, than hopping. Right. So, and I don't knock people who hop, but it's like, that was our mentality back then. And so, um, but to be a part of that last year and to see Giannis stay when he could have left. Right. And, and, and that was big. And I hugged him. And it was an emotional hug between me and him. I said, man, that was my goal, to stay in one championship in Milwaukee. We didn't get it done, but you were able to get it done. And I'm so proud of them, man. And I really, really honor those guys 
and what they mean to the city of Milwaukee. And uh, it was a big time. And I think they got a chance to repeat again this year, too. I think so, too, man. Um, last little one. Who you got coming out, though? Who, who, if you had to pick one right now. Milwaukee. Okay. And maybe I'm biased, but I'm going up there next week. Uh, I'm going to see uh, the Bulls and Bucks play. I want to see DeMar DeRozan, man. He's my young fella when, I was, when he was younger. Yeah. Love that dude, man. Love what he's doing right now. Another pure player, man. That he he comes from your guys' era. He's a direct product of he that. He does. Guy. He does. Mid-range game. I appreciate um, you. I appreciate you coming on, dog. This is an honor, man. We continue to you, put man. you on. Um, you know, <laughs> there's so many young dudes, bro. That top of the line guys, bro. And they, they when I say Michael Red, they're like, <sighs> and you know, to see what wow. you're doing with business, bro. To see how successful you've become off the court. You know, it, it's amazing, man. God's blessed you your whole life, bro. And Thank I appreciate you, you coming on, man. Thank you so much, bro. It's an honor, brother. Thank you, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you. Again, I'm a fan, man. I appreciate what you mean to basketball and what, you, what you're doing with the game, man. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you.